Again, um, and <laughs> I wasn't the only one who felt a bit frustrated at the end of the last hot box. And it was an addition dedicated to the female gender in jazz. And well, how could we do justice to that subject in just an hour? Impossible, of course. We were trying uh, simply to make the point that women have been consistently underrepresented in jazz, with the exception of singers, of course, and we know the reasons we can guess at them. And we were trying to make the point that a long history was currently being adjusted, uh, with many women reaching the top of this difficult arena. So, in uh, number 88, we're returning to this theme. So, let's dig in. Um... For the the January 1959 edition of Esquire magazine, the photographer Art Kane was asked back in the previous August to take a picture of as many jazz players in New York as he could find. And so he set to inviting everyone he could to stand in front of a brownstone house in Harlem in a very early hour at 17 East 126th Street. And amazingly, 57 musicians turned up, um, bearing in mind that some of them must have been working till all hours the night before. Of the 57, only three were women, and two of those women stood together. They were Marion McPartland and Mary Lou Williams. Later on, a little later on, we will hear these two giants of jazz talking and playing together with an extract from Marion McPartland's famous radio programme, Piano Jazz, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Uh, it was broadcast in uh, States for, on the uh, National Public Radio uh, from 1976 to 2011, presented by Marion McPartland. And uh, the edition we're going to listen to, as I said, is the one where she played and talked to Mary Lou Williams. For now, though, let's uh, deal with a slightly more up-to-date person, but I'm afraid someone who's no longer with us. And she was the preeminent female guitarist, Emily Rembler. <laughs> Thank you. 
East to West, the title of that one. Emily Remler's uh, tribute to one of her inspirations, of course, as you probably recognised, Wes Montgomery. Emily was uh, born in 1957, but died um, in 1990, just 32 years old. She was briefly married in the 80s to the Jamaican pianist um, Monty Alexander. I'm afraid there were lots of rumours about just who had brought her into the arena of heroin, uh, but I won't speculate here. She was uh, a great loss. She died of a heart attack while touring Australia. Happily, our next featured musician is still with us. She's the drummer and activist Terry Lynn Carrington.
drummer Terry Lynn Carrington. A very, very special was the title of that one. Uh, Duke Ellington wrote it. It's from her 2013 album, which is called Money Jungle, which was mostly Duke Ellington compositions. Jared Clayton uh, was the pianist, getting a great work out there, and Christine McBride on the bass. And um, as on most of her albums, there's a strong lineup of female artists. Tia Fuller, we'll hear from a little later, was one of them. And... Uh, well, I, perhaps I should just also mention that um, Terry Lynn Carrington was Herbie Hancock's chosen drummer for ooh, more than a decade, I think. She's sort of on the warpath right now, having discovered, for example, uh, how there there's only one female represented in the Jazz Composers Hall of Fame Top 20, which she thinks is a disgrace. She's been in various bands um, for many years, and she's a professor now at the Berklee School of Music. Three-time Grammy winner, very active in promoting women's composition and women in jazz, having discovered, as I said, there's only one female composer mentioned in that Top 20. I played that track because I like it, but maybe I should have played one of her own compositions, of which there are many, next time maybe. Well, now I make good on the promise to play some uh, Tia Fuller, I think I said earlier that I might. She's a tenor sax player, very much in demand as a sideman and as a leader, and I'll talk a little bit about her when we've heard this. Soul Eyes, Terry Lynn Carrington, incidentally, is on the drums. Dave Holland is the bass player.
Soul Eyes, title of that one. Uh, that was Tia Fuller. Um, she is uh, one member of the all-female band that uh, tours with Beyonce, by the way. And she's also a faculty member at Berklee College of Music. And uh, she has, of course, played with many of the best, including from time to time with Esperanza Spalding, another female musician. But uh, we're not fitting her into this hot box, perhaps the next time. Well, as you just heard, she's a spectacularly good player. Oh, and I should have said, by the way, the guitarist you heard on that was Adam Rogers. Now, Judy Carmichael.
Judy Carmichael, one of the leading interpreters of the stride piano tradition these days. She was known simply as Stride by Count Basie. Um, The tune, of course, was Viper's Drag, written by uh, Fats Waller. Uh, She hails from Long Island, I think, uh, where many years ago I attended a concert, and I confess I'd never heard of her, but it was billed as a jazz concert, so I went along, uh, and I was absolutely blown away. Well, now I'm going to digress, because uh, a true veteran musician of the male gender passed away this month. He was the um, baritone saxophone player Ronnie Cuba. Much of his uh, career was spent around the fringes of jazz, playing with the likes of Paul Simon, Eric Clapton, even Frank Zappa. But he also had a strong jazz connection and surely came into his own on the day the Mingus Big Band born, uh, was born in 1990. So fasten your seatbelts and hear the late Ronnie Cuba at full throttle. <laughs> Thank you. 
Totally unbeatable. Uh, the late Ronnie Cuba with the Mingus Big Band from their 1993 album, Nostalgia in Times Square. I also have uh, on hand a new recording of Ronnie Cuba, actually recorded earlier this year. Uh, he's playing with the WDR Big Band, and it was recorded last February in Germany. And we'll check that out in a couple of weeks' time for our all-new edition of the Hot Box, which will consist of all-new releases. Well, now uh, let's go back, as I promised, and find out how Marion McPartland and Mary Lou Williams got on in that uh, radio programme. I'll just let it run. Um, you'll hear quite a bit of piano and you'll hear quite a bit of chat, and I think it's fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. 
very low. Now, how do you explain? That's really that's really terrific. But how how do you explain this to you, to your kids? Like, how do they explain? Say, well, it? Like what's this chord? Like they say, like you you play some chord like that. I didn't that. play a chord like that. Well, but I mean, <laughs> I, I know you didn't. But I'm saying a chord with this. a lot of notes. All right. So but how I would did. you how would you? I, I tell them the chord. It's a B flat uh, ninth, uh, flat fifth in it, and I give them the chord. I haven't even had a chance to welcome you to the show, and it's really such a thrill for me because... Well, that's nice to know. You, you know, you've always been, uh, always been one of, my, one of my big influences and somebody that I've looked up to and admired a lot because uh, I think what, you've done something nobody else has done in music. Um, being a pianist of your caliber and a terrific arranger. In fact, in fact, something I wanted to ask you, I know you're teaching uh, now down at Duke University, and I wondered if you'd been writing some band arrangements or anything for of the course, kids. Of course, I'm doing a little bit of everything. I'm teaching writing. I'm teaching the history of jazz, and the kids are very enthused about it. Do you play that for them? Well, I, um, that's how I teach the um, private students, you know, Whenever they oh, come like to me, a one-to-one. I try to teach them. I take them back to Fats Waller. That's like a metronome, but it isn't that corny, stiff beat that you know you would that you would get from a metronome. It's uh, has a lot of love in it. It's a flow, like the wheels of a, an engine. You know, you know, it's going like chugging that. right along. They're right. You Wasn't know. your mother? Uh, didn't you tell me she played the organ? Yes. In a church? In church? Yes, in church and at home. What a marvelous start for you. I guess that's how you how you got started playing from her, wasn't it? Of course. She taught me spirituals and ragtime. And, and during that period, uh, I think uh, Boogie was quite popular, you know, that type of uh, bass. Uh, it's not easy to play. You've, you've got some very good chops. <laughs> Boy, that thing is not easy. As There's I so well many know. different uh, left-hand uh, movements of that, you know. I play two, and there's at least 10 or 20. You know. I used to listen to somebody, I think. One. And then. Oh, that's a hard one, and then there's. Yeah. Right. But boy, the, the, mm-hmm. I mean, they're as hard as any, any classical music to get them even and get yes. them smooth. Sometimes I think I'll be very clever, and I'll start out one of those. Boy, after about two minutes, my, my arm is just... So heavy, you know, I have to go into some other style or end the thing before, mm-hmm. before it carries me away, you know, before I slow down or something. Uh, you are one of the very few people who has uh, not gone along with any fads and, and uh, the things that come along in music. You've always gone your own way, but yet you've always been contemporary. Well, so you you've always missed it there. I'm the only living musician that has played all the ears. Other musicians lived through the ears, and they never changed the style. You know how that happened? Uh, my mother taught me spirituals, ragtime. I was in Kansas City with Lester Young, Ben Webster. That was my era of the 30s. Oh, no, the 29s. So I was with the John Williams syncop- syncopators. That was, was that before like, Andy Kirk? Or that was after? before Andy Kirk. Okay, and I was I was only in grade school when I was with them. I played with Duke Ellington um, before I was twelve years old. They were the Washingtonians at the Lincoln Theater in New York, and uh, musicians used to take me there before I even finished high school to to for musicians like uh, Jelly Roll Martin or Fats Waller to listen to. And I also played with Johnny Hodges 
and Benny Carter and Fats Waller and all of them at the Rhythm. You've heard of the Rhythm Club in New York? Sure. Before I was 12 or 13 years old. What I a fantastic right uh, growing and, up for you, though. What a fantastic the, uh, background you had. The fourth era, the bop era. The musicians used to come to my house and write the music. Bud Powell, Monk, and Tad Dam, Sarah Vaughn, Mel Tarme, Earl Garner. They were there every morning after I left the uh, cafe downtown. You mean Cafe Society? Yes, and what I was doing, I was playing a swinging left hand then, and I quit my job on the east side and, and just stayed home and started hanging out on 52nd Street. Play another blues in another key. What's your uh, favorite key? Doesn't matter. It's according to what mood I'm in. What mood are you in now? Are you in a B-flat mood or are you in a D-flat mood? Well, or are you I in an A-flat mood? I could just be flat, period. <laughs> This is the pretty one. Oh,
That's a fascinating piece. That's uh, called Baby Man, isn't yes. it? What and an interesting We, we went title. free, and the, the bass went free, and that's what we were doing in a blues. There's so many different forms of jazz, it isn't even funny. There's also uh, what we would call a ballad. Uh, you mean uh, the blues you feeling? Know, this thing I wrote, Watch Your Morning Star. Oh, sure, I play that that's all the ballad. time. Was that it's the key a player? ballad blues. Just getting into the act because I love that thing so much. Yes, but I never do it in that key. That's a nice key. D flat. D flat. But don't Mm -hmm. you think different keys set up different vibrations? Set up different moods. Different moods all together. Yeah. Right. Do you ever play in B? With Andy Kirk, I played all the keys because the pianos were, you know, it was damp in Florida, and I played B, E, A, 
in F sharp. You mean the t- the, the piano the would keys. be would be like half a tone, l- half a tone uh, lower, so low. you'd, be, you'd be playing in B and, and thought the, yes. where you should be in C. Oh, that's happened to me. No, I it? had to because it was a half tone uh, uh, flat. You know the pianos. You started with that band when you were really uh, very young, didn't you? Something like that. What a what a, a tremendous thing, though, for a young girl to be involved in a band like that, where you got. You were able to play and arrange and hear all these. Mm-hmm. Well, they taught I mean, me. See, they taught me everything I knew about arranging and whatnot. And they were pretty rough with you if you weren't uh, doing what you were supposed to. Well, you've been with big bands since then, haven't you? Did you have, no, have a that band was of your own? I was the. I think I was the first female that Benny Goodman ever hired when I worked with him. You know, and he got this modern group, Fats uh, Navarre, and all of them. I worked with his band and. Uh, I sat in for Duke once when he was ill in the hospital at the at the uh, Apollo Theater. They sent Billy Strayhorn, all of them sent for me to play with the band while he was in the hospital. And uh, Andy Kirk, Duke, I see, and who else? Benny Goodman. I think to work with Benny must have been and quite an experience, And I work with Dizzy an awful lot even now. I don't know. There's so many things. My mind is buzzing with all kinds of things I want, uh, that, that I want to ask you about. And uh, one one of them was that tune you wrote out for me years ago. Um, in I fact, wrote it was a tune in D flat. Yeah, that picture mm-hmm. I showed you that you wanted to grab away from yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You was you you wrote out this tune.
Scratching in the Gravel, maybe Mary Lou Williams' best-known composition. And uh, as Marion confessed, she also played it a lot. Well, a taste there of Mary Lou Williams. Alas, uh, no Marion McPartland piano this time around. Mary Lou was one of the real pioneers of female in jazz. I'm sure she had a very difficult time. She started as a child, as you heard. She played with uh, and developed with every generation of jazz musician from the 20s right through to the 1980s. And she died in 1981. With a whether her style changed that much uh, with each stage of the development of jazz, as she claimed, you heard her claim there, that might be open to question. But as you heard, uh, she was a formidable pianist, as indeed was Marion McPartland, who hailed from Britain. Uh, she married an American GI, Jimmy McPartland, a musician of uh, great renown, subsequently, during the Second World War. And uh, she then built a strong career, both as a pianist and as a radio presenter in the US. And she died back in 2013. And sadly, that's the end of this show, just about. Again, we've uh, scratched the gravel, scratched the surface, but I hope we've done some justice to some of the great female artists in jazz over the years. We'll play out with another one. Uh, she didn't quite make a full lifespan either, Jerry Allen. She died in her early 60s, I think. This is from her album, which was dedicated to her hometown of Detroit, Motown. Remember, you can talk to me at Donald and jazzireland.ie anytime you like always good to hear from you but for now if you have been thanks for listening <laughs>